What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? Kelsey Warrior, Shane. Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. Bella. I would never have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Welcome to the Dive Bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks, Episode 1. Again, I'm at Ref Marsh. With me today, the other half of the Ironics. We got Kevlar on the Rocks, man. What's going on, everybody? How you been? We'll see, um, we'll see if uh, Shakes joins us today. He's a bit of our wild card lately. Shows up when he can. Uh, but it's fun. I like having them drop in just randomly. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Kev, what are you drinking? What's going on there? You sound a little under the weather. I appreciate you coming through, hanging tough, making it happen. Of course. Um, yeah, I'm just drinking some Crown Peach and some uh, Arizona Arnold Palmer. Oh, nice. Uh, Peach Palmer. How, how good does the Alka-Seltzer uh, take to Crown Royal? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Just dropping a tablet in a little rocks class. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be a bad idea. Right now. No, no, not the worst. Uh, we don't have a ton of news this week. I don't think we had a ton of news last week. We're only starting. What, so what? So what's in your glass? Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, I'm having some of that ocean vodka and that old uh, uh, keto uh, drink that I used to have that Kios. It's the pear guava with a little bit of vodka in there. It's pretty nice. It's refreshing. It's good for the brain. I think, but yeah, I don't know how to tell. But uh, yeah, there wasn't a ton of news last week or this week. I mean, there's obviously all the Vince McMahon stuff. Vince McMahon's got uh, more allegations coming out. It looks like he may have spent up to twelve million dollars uh, in hush money and in NDAs. I mean, obviously, we're not very close to the case, so it's tough to say. The only thing I noticed, though, was, uh, I mean, it's a mess. It is a mess. And it does seem like, it feels like someone's trying to get Vince out of the company, right? Like, this feels like the most direct attack at Vince, the person, to get him out of the company that that you could imagine, right? Because it's all these things leaking from the board and leaking from these friends. And it's like, this seems like they're trying to boot him right because at some point do we really get to a place where he can step back into power you know what i mean with the more and more of these kind of coming out like i think this may be his last stand personally and if that's true does stephanie and triple h take over and run it the way that us wrestling fans have always imagined or does nick Khan really hold a lot of that power and does he really take over and who knows what comes of it yeah I mean, we just gotta basically just sit back and wait. Yeah, yeah, we're just all kind of watching, like, uh, what's next? Yeah. yeah. I saw some people uh, freaking out, saying that the uh, that the stock was plummeting, and they said, "Well, this is it for Vince now. He's costing the shareholders way too much." And I went on and looked because I used to I sold my stock in WWE. I've talked about it a bunch of times on here that I had stock. I sold it all on the day that Nick Khan sold a bunch. So that's why the constant rumors of Nick Khan, or not Nick Khan, um, 
Who's the uh, the TV guy? Kevin Dunn? Kevin Dunn sold a bunch. And a lot of people have been going back and forth like, oh, look at, see, clearly insider trading that knew this was coming. And I was like, they sold it on the day that it was at its highest in three years. Like, I also sold it. You know, like, sometimes you just know what your stock is doing and make plans accordingly, right? Yeah, but, but you're a wrestling journalist. That is insider trading. That's a good point. I am a journalist. Hashtag journalist. <laughs> Uh, but so I went and looked at it and it had only dropped about a dollar that day. And I was like, it's not exactly a tailspin and it's still $24 more than it was earlier in the year. Like it's still doing really consistent, which I think is notable and interesting that with all these things and with what seems to be most likely, most likely is going to end with Vince not being in charge anymore and out of the company and need forced to retire. Right? Like, I don't see how he just comes back and says, okay, that that's all gone away. <laughs> like, yeah. With back all that, yeah, back to business. With all that, I think it's interesting that the stock is remaining stable as it ever has. You know, the stockholders are not nervous about a WWE without Vince McMahon in charge, which is interesting. I mean, you got to think that there has always had to be fallback, and especially because you know Vince is older that's true stuff like that and you know if he you know all of a sudden died randomly you know unexpectedly you would think that there was some kind of fallback in place that's a good point that's a really good point they might just be perceiving this the same way as if he was getting ill like it was like okay well Mm -hmm. we've been ready for this day as investors for a while like that's true yeah it's interesting it's neat we have no idea what's going on but uh, we'll see how it plays out, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the other thing I saw? Oh, the other thing I saw I was going to tell you, because I don't know if you saw it or not. Um, Big E put out that his doctors are expecting him to make an abs- a full recovery and that he won't need surgery to do so. And he oh, had man. some... Say what? I said nice. I didn't hear that. <clears throat> yeah. He's not going to need surgery. He'll make 100% recovery, they say. But... After the last test, he said, now it's going to be a bunch of stuff and we'll test again in a year, which means he's out for at least another year. Damn. It's crazy, man. That sucks. Because I was like, you know, not like legitimately thinking he was returning, but as a fan, like there's a couple of times where I'm like, oh, Big E's going to come out right now. Like, oh, Big E's going to come out, you know? Yeah. But for him to sit there and you know, like you said, another year at least. Like, that's insane. Yeah, it sucks. You know what would be cool is if they did, like, a like a Macho Man type of thing, and just, you know, or even, like, Samoa Joe. Just had him as a commentator. Oh, yeah. I think he'd be great. He'd be great as a commentator. I'd love to see him on his presence in general. Make him a GM. You know what I mean? Like, that would be cool to make him an official. Like, I think he would be like Commissioner Foley. You know what I mean? Just outrageously entertaining and such a loud bright personality that everyone's just happy to see and still presence like but that's also us speaking from a fan perspective and not from a, yeah obviously a medical perspective <laughs> might not be yeah. good for him to be there either way i don't know what traveling is like yeah. with a neck like well, that and, yeah and that's the other thing is we don't know like obviously the severity of the injury you know was bad but mm-hmm. you know with something like that they might just want to be like hey you need to stay away from any accidental bump that might even you know 
occur, whether it's, you know, Kevin Owens, you know, getting mad at him and grabbing him by the shirt or something. Yeah, and you think about Daniel Bryan when he was going through the next step and he was a GM, you know, behind the scenes. He was miserable because all it did was remind him that he wasn't wrestling. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that might not be the thing for him either, but... Yeah. I don't know, Justin Times in the in the chat saying cheers to the dive bar of the IWC. Cheers to Justin Time. Cheers. Uh, yeah, because I was also thinking when he was all like, oh, another just in a year, I was like, man, I'm... I mean, like I said, we are so ignorant to all of the medical stuff. But part of me was all like, man, I wonder if he did have surgery, if he'd be back sooner. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Did you say not... he'll be back, or they'll check in a year, or they'll check next year? In a year. Okay. I mean, yeah. if they say, you know, next year, I mean, that's, what, seven like months, months away? Yeah. Yeah. No, the way he said it but was like, okay, right. they'll test. they'll test in a year. Or maybe next year. I don't know. Maybe he's being sly with his words. But the impression I got was a solid year of him being out, but no surgery. And that's the other thing is, like, in my mind, I'm all like, oh, do you opt for the surgery to get quicker turnaround time? Maybe there is no difference in turnaround time. I have no idea. He's making decisions that's best for him, and nothing but respect to that. Uh, but like you oh, said, yeah. dude, from a fan, I'm so like, no, I want you back now. Yeah. <laughs> get your ass back in there. Yeah. But, I mean, that's oh, yeah. what happens when you're beloved, right? Yeah, exactly. people speculate a bunch just to get you back, and you're sitting at home yeah. like leave. Like that's my favorite part about Bailey on Twitter right now. The amount of people who are all like, "Come back, come back," and then she just will tweet back at them, "Respect the injured." <laughs> <laughs> leave me alone. But it just goes, you know. I'm not gonna throw any names out there, but it goes to ones that you know we aren't fans of, and you know other people aren't fans of as well. Like I can think of a few people <clears throat> that have been out for a while. And it's like, when I actually think of how long they've already been out, it's like, damn, they might be coming back soon. That sucks. Mm, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see, man. We'll see how it plays out. I, uh, mm-hmm. That was kind of the only news things I had. I just want to let you know about the Big E thing and speculate about who's going to take over. Do you think that Stephanie will, will truly take over the day-by-day if Vince gets outed and Triple H will do the creative stuff or do you think that Nick Khan's going to do whatever he wants? Um, well, you know, it's, it's all in the, you know, the inner workings of things. Like I, I personally would hope it's triple H and stuff. It just feels like that's the right move. Yeah. You know, but if, you know, once again, with all the wild speculation and rumors of, Oh, they're selling the company, this and that, then, that was the case and then it's like well this would be the time to do it that's true now's the time sell it to the rock <clears throat> let the rock get in charge I mean it wouldn't be terrible would not be it would not be he already owns the XFL yeah that's what I mean man it's just another drop in the bucket for him he you know like well dude let's talk some of the shows let's see what's been going on ever since the fallout i know last week we kind of sort of got caught up a little bit we were all over the place things we liked and such smackdown opened up with the return of roman reigns i want to know before we get into like what he talked about even at this point roman won the titles at mania defended the title once against riddle on smackdown a couple weeks ago and looks like the next defense will be against brock lesnar at SummerSlam. 
I've seen a lot of criticism about Roman as a champion right now, and I was wondering what you what you think about it. Because I know you're one of the you've always been pretty vocal about wanting a champion there every fucking week. Yeah, I mean, they don't need to be there every fucking week, but they need to they need to fucking be there. Yeah, do your fucking job. Like, I don't know. I am getting <laughs> <It's your> job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> do your fucking job, champ. Show up. Uh, I mean, like it's. It is getting kind of old, you know, and I'm not even saying, like, don't get me wrong, I want to see him compete and stuff like that, but just him not being there at all kind of sucks, but then when he does show up, he doesn't even compete, like, that makes it even worse. Yeah. It does look like he did one or two live shows this week, though. There was some leaked footage of that. Oh, nice. Where he's in a couple matches, so. I was going to say, like, you would think he should, you know... Storyline wise, even just put him up against a fucking jobber. And just like, hey, I need a tune up. I've been, you know, I don't want any ring rust. Have him just go out there and Superman punch one person and pin him and walk away. Mm-hmm. When I was, uh, when I went to Raw during Brock Lesnar's Universal Championship reign, where he showed up, people said never. Uh, mm-hmm. Brock was the dark match. And he wasn't on the show at all or talked about or even announced to the crowd. Just at the end, Big Show came out and said he did wanted an open challenge, and then Brock's music hit and he came out with the title and F five uh, Big Show and left. Like it was just seconds long, but everyone's just all like, yeah. <laughs> "You could do shit like that. Have someone else go out there and do an open challenge. Just have Roman go out there and mm-hmm. Superman punch someone." Uh, yeah, I like this rain, and I think that I think they're just diving into a proven formula when Brock Lesnar was champion the crowd hated him more and more and it became such a big deal when Brock lost the title because finally the championship is back right it was such an easy way to play the audience against the champion you know what I mean yeah but I don't want this every time a heel champion is champion I don't think it'll be every time I think it's just gonna be these high-level, next-level, God-mode-esque type characters. The Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, uh, even The Rock when he won the title at that one Mania, or what, I forget what was, uh, Sur- was it, Survivor Series, SummerSlam, some shit. He won the title so that way you could take it into WrestleMania with him and Cena. Like, when you have these big celebrity stars or these big unbeatables like Brock and Roman, you can do that, especially if you want them to be heels. And it'll just help build that fervor for the next guy, you know? Yeah. But you're right. I think that they did it with every every heel champion every time. It would get pretty fucking weird and lame pretty quick. But I think it, yeah. this is a, I think it also puts Roman in that special level of we have to work the crowd a different way. Because they, they do like him and they are respecting him. And if we want people to cheer when he loses, we need to start building up resentment from the audience. Yeah. But see, that's, you know... At least with when Brock was champion, you still had your main guys out there vying for a title shot. Yeah. And especially right now, I think I don't like it because it's, well, Brock's back. He gets a title shot. You know, I've beaten everyone. He gets a title shot. You know, and there's like a long old list of people that Roman hasn't faced in his, you know, this reign. But, you know, when you don't have 
the main event with the title, like, even in the conversation, not necessarily in the picture, like, it's weird. And it loses its luster. And, you know, for him to have both belts right now and doing it, it's even fucking worse. Yeah, I know. Like, kind of crappy main events, you know, every so often. Yeah, I was thinking about that, too, that at least during the Brock era, there was another championship you could kind of put your sights on and focus on. Mm. With this one, I feel like they're building up more resentment because he has both championships, which Mm. you would think would make the Universal and Intercontinental Championships that much more important. Because when Brock was gone with um, the Universal, they even made a storyline out of it with Seth. Well, with him Mm. gone, we'll see you in six months, I guess. Until then, I'm not going to let this... uh, brand go without a fighting champion and he went for the Intercontinental Championship he held it and he did the open challenge like they made story out of it they're not really doing that here no and then with Gunther you know it, you know, with his open challenge and he's like no I don't do that and then he didn't even have a match I'm like what the fuck's going on Like, so funny the champs can just get the belt and fucking sit back and relax <laughs> yeah, dude. It's time off. Yeah. What was it? Shinsuke went up against Kaiser. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. But I also, uh, you and I didn't talk about it at the time because we haven't talked about, uh, you know, we haven't reviewed our live event experience. But the Tucson show, did you notice that, uh, like, the semi main event was an intercontinental title match that was not advertised? Yeah. You know, Gunther against Ricochet for the Intercontinental Championship was a one of the best matches of the night yeah. absolutely killer uh which i mean it was hard to say a lot of those matches were so good uh they were really good but the only match that went on after that was seth versus riddle you know mm-hmm. which also was not advertised that, yeah and that was fucking amazing yeah yeah it was amazing uh, and it did make me think when i saw the intercontinental champion come out when i saw gunther come out i was like oh this makes sense this yeah. is why you have the IC title on a guy like Gunther because mm-hmm. he can show up and it makes an impression on the crowd. You know what yeah. I mean? Where if you know you're not going to have the world title, and Justin Time says in the chat, Roman never goes to Raw, but he has their championship. Has the Brock Lesnar style schedule to where he's barely there. It's honestly gone on long enough. Roman's reign has run its course. Uh, yes and no. Yeah. I mean, it has. And I think that every day he doesn't lose it, people are going to just be that much more into it when he loses it. So I think that, like... They need to, like, you know... There there could be so much storyline there. Like, if you actually had a GM of Raw instead of Adam Pearce, like, being the... whatever his title is. Yes, I think like, Roman needs to make... As many appearances as he's making on SmackDown, he needs to make on Raw. Like, if he's on yeah. SmackDown this week, he should be on Raw next week. And then he could be gone for yeah. both for two months. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, but that would be terrible. Yeah, but bro. I think if you have a GM on Raw, like they could be sitting there saying, "Hey, you know, we want our title back. Either make him defend it here, or you know, strip him of it, or you know, or we're gonna find a uh, uh, interim champion mm-hmm. type of thing." Yeah, <clears throat> but, but yeah. Who do they really have that's in that world title contention ship right now? I mean, theoretically, you on have Raw? Riddle in on Raw or SmackDown. Realistically, who do you who do they have that you go that guy should be getting that world title any day? 
I mean, Seth and Riddle come to mind as potentials, but they don't. Yeah. AJ can always hold it. Like AJ always could. Awesome. Like yeah. Lashley could, but he's also like doing his own thing. U.S. champion now. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think it'd be a cool time to, you know, do that with like Shinsuke or somebody like that. That you know, the fans have been longing for him to actually have a world title run. Like, it's true, but at the same time, you, like, as much as we think of, like, who could have a world title, you also got to think about who could take the world title from Roman. But, but see, I think if you... <laughs> excuse me. I think if you have Shinsuke, you build up Shinsuke as, let's say, the interim champion. And, hey, he's got this belt, you know, this and that, and I'm the interim champion this and that and then roman goes in and comes back like you said after a month or two and then just steamrolls him and he's like nope mm-hmm. this is you know you don't get it like yeah that brings heat to roman and like you build yeah. up shinsuke that's true <clears throat> taekwon in our uh in our chat says seth freaking rollins it says i'm dreading the day almost gets a title shot it's gonna be so good dude they should put it on almost i mean just to watch the whole internet burn, dude. Yeah. It'll be worse in the moment that Jinder won. Which, for the record, I love. The Jinder is former world champion. Looking looking back at it, I'm like, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hated it at the time. But now in the like, moment, worst thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I think that's what happened with Almost. But see, I, w- I think I would love it if, like, you know, obviously you couldn't do it against Roman, but, like, how hilarious would it be? Almost like a... Uh, an accident where he like falls on the champion, yeah, and you know the champion can't get up because almost is so big. Yeah. Uh, Justin Time says it's just incredibly contradicting how Roman was standing up for WWE when Brock was champ uh, and was gone for X amount of time, but now just pretty much does the same thing Brock did. Yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. Is I think that's the heel work of it all. I think it's just him being an asshole that makes you mm-hmm. go like, "Fuck that, dude." Also, Justin, if you want a link, yeah. I'll just I'll throw it in. You can jump jump in the show. I don't mind. <laughs> Do you mind, Kevin? Justin just jumps in. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, he's probably gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> which which in time was it, Jeremy or Justin? Because yeah. I don't know about one <laughs> of them. I just don't yeah. remember which one. Uh, Taekwon says JBL title reign was pretty random, but in retrospect, JBL's heel work was excellent. Yeah, that's what I I think that there's a lot that you kind of go back on, and I think it's easier to appreciate stuff after the fact. In the moment, I think we all get so bent out of shape about how we would do things and what we want. And then in retrospect, you go, oh, gender's a champion was easy to hate. Like, I hated him. And yeah. Andy's got that. I just didn't like that Randy was putting him. That was my big thing. I know. That was great. That was so great. I remember you you hated it. Yeah. So good, dude. Especially that Punjabi prison match. Oh, that one was bad, dude. That was kind of a bad match because it's just the prison, dude. Yeah. Like the way they did it. Although the Singh brothers and their monster fucking bumps off of that, definitely notable. Those guys are so good. I'm, I'm shocked that realistically AEW has not tried to bring in the Bollywood Boys. Yeah. I think as a tag team they would fit perfectly in AEW. I think they would have some of the best matches out there in the tag division that they have. And I think they would be incredible to teach a lot of their young tag teams. 
how to do this stuff on TV. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I think them as a team is so invaluable that I can't understand why AEW hasn't grabbed them. But they must not be interested because he grabs everyone they want, you know? Yeah. Uh, Taiguan says, hey, good said, job. You... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, they said that they didn't want washed up WWE talent. So. Well, but then look at everyone they signed. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, Taekwon says Punjabi prison is a gimmick with no good matches in it. Yeah. I mean, I think you get cool moments in some, but no good match because it's so weird and confusing. And it's one of those weird ones where, uh, because they paint the, the steel to look like bamboo, it looks like it hurts less than it probably hurts. Right. I mean, everything they do when they bump into it, you go, ah, it's bamboo. Shit's flexible. But it turns out it's steel painted that way. And you're like, well, fuck, man, like. These guys are killing themselves, and we're like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this pillow fight, and the pillow fu- pillow's filled mm-hmm. with concrete. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool. You looks look great. at it, like, oh, cool. But then, like, the weird, <clears throat> we gotta escape this part, then, it, you know, then you have to escape the bigger part. And... Yeah. Yeah. For sure, man. For sure. So when you think about like a talent that could take a world title or universe title off Roman believable, believably, I guess Riddle and and Seth Rollins are the only two that really come to mind to me, except maybe Bobby, who's the U.S. champion. I mean, I still stand by AJ. I think AJ can. Yeah, I mean, he could... And I guess it wouldn't take too much work, but it would take work. He's not ready yeah. in storyline for character. Oh, right now, no, not at all. Yeah. They'd have to give him a reason to be passionately against Roman. Because his match against Brock was killer, dude. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, let's see, let's see. Just Time says he's on his way. I gotta make sure that I don't have it like locked up or something. One second. Um. All right, cool. He'll be here whenever. Uh, let's see. And then in the chat, uh, I think it's great how Seth can lose most of his feuds but still be seen as a title contender. But I think also think it's part of partly because of how the Roman Seth match went. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it went in such a way where it's all like, yeah, Seth's gonna win this one. So the fact that he didn't. Just makes it believable that he could. Justin, welcome back to the dive bar, man. Can you hear us? What was that? Say it again. Oh, man, he's choppy as hell. Oh, we lost him. Well, always good to have a cameo. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see maybe he has to repair restart um but yeah uh i guess do you think so here's the other deal then during roman's promo in the beginning of smackdown after it's over theory comes out does a lap around the the ring holding the money in the bank briefcase and fucking jets out of there given that whole teaser of i'm always looming you know psychological games by theory uh, and you kind of double back on the Brock thing too. What do you think about this? Uh, what do you think? 
I like I understand like that's the whole point of money in the bank is you know the win and wear and stuff like that. But I hated that stupid little lap around the thing and you know even at the beginning when Roman first goes out there and he he's at the entrance way and you know yeah and the commentators oh is he gonna cash in right now it's like no he's out number three to one at the current moment and Roman's just standing there yeah. Yeah, yeah, he definitely wasn't going to cash in, but I did feel like that it felt like you could have done more with that segment with him. Yeah. Like the fact he just did a lap and ran away, I was all like, is that psychological games or is it just make him look weird? Yeah. To me it made you know? him look weird. Cuz I think that if he had ran up and Remember when Seth was getting like double teamed and triple teamed and he was like froggishly getting out of all of it and was able to hightail it without getting hit by the Usos in them. Yeah. If Theory was had done something like that, like knocked out one of the Usos with the briefcase and then ducked under Roman and then slid past the other Uso and then does a circle around Heyman and then darts off to the top, it'd be like, oh shit, this guy might be a danger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this guy is much more slick than we thought. Well, even like eating, it doesn't even need to be that interesting. Like, I think if he would have just went out down the ramp, stood on the apron, and kind of, like, just showed it, you know, to Brock's, or uh, Roman's face, you know, and kind of just smiled and laughed, maybe even took a quick selfie, and, you know, then the Usos try and get him, and he just jumps down. Like, I think that's true. <clears throat> but yeah, that Something. weird lap thing, like, I wanted one of the Usos to, like, be behind one of the corners and just super kick it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was awesome. Justin, you're back. How you doing? Fantabulous. Much better now. There All we right. Go. There we go. Uh, so you're loving Roman as the champion. Want him to stay that way forever? Oh, please no. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it for the longest time, but it's starting to just decline big time. Yeah. It's you dragged know, on. It's ran its course and now that he's missing time it's like even worse it's just even worse now yeah you know what's crazy though like realistically if you kind of like circle back a little bit it's taken you almost two years to get sick of him as a champion <laughs> you know what i mean like you're like look i was on for i was on the bus for about two years but now i don't know i mean like, that's the good thing out of it at least at least it took a long time yeah mm. that's that's how good it is. That even people who are sick of it. it. Took them two years to get sick of it. <laughs> uh, do you? What do you think of the theory thing? Him doing a lap around Roman and, and running off. I thought he could have done anything else to make himself look like a threat. That's why he just made him look like a uh, like Ralph. It was from weird with the whole thing with him just coming out first and then just standing there, and then they cut to a commercial and he was just gone. I was like, well, what was the point of that? And then he ran out again, and I was like, okay, cool, you were literally just there. Why did you go back to run back out again? That just didn't make any sense at all. Yeah. I think I just like to see Theory be a little more physical in all this, because then he also taunted on Brock, and we can kind of jump between Rock and or SmackDown and, and Rob. Because on Brock, he comes out too and says that he's going to uh, beat the snot out of both of them or one of them after SummerSlam, and then... Brock's like, well, let's fight now. And, like, the only thing that was dumb about Brock saying let's fight now 
is nothing that Theory said was that he wanted to fight Brock. He just said he was going to take advantage of the situation after you're in another fight. And he's like, well, we could settle this now. Well, we can't because I can't cash in on you now. You don't have a title. You know what I mean? Like, there's no settling this now. Anybody at that point. Yeah. Yeah, Brock's going to fight. And I'm into that. After Gable and Otis show up, he's just like, I'm ready. Let's go. Anybody, just come out, run it out there. I'm ready for anything at this point. <laughs> I was like, all right, well. Dude, that F5 on Otis is fucking ridiculous. It was crazy watching him pick him up. He was like picking up a child. It was easy for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was no Otis just took it so bad, though, because he like flops <laughs> like the big show. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> like a pancake. <laughs> uh, yeah, the only other person that's ever lifted Otis with such ease was Bianca Belair. When I think about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so do you think, because this is the talk back and forth, and since that's a segment and the topic we're on anyways, do you think Theory's actually going to cash in at SummerSlam, or do you think that this is the big the big swerve where we tell you it's definitely going to happen every week and then we don't do it or is the big swerve we tell you it's going to happen every week so you think that there's no way they're going to do it and then they do do it such a tough one like he like when he talked about when brock talked about the whole thing with when him and theory when theory showed the video of brock taking him off like throwing him off the top of the, the chamber pod I went, well, that would make a lot of sense. If Theory cashes in on Brock, it would have to be Brock winning at SummerSlam. Because then it would be Theory taking advantage of perfect opportunity and getting redemption on Brock. Mm -hmm. Him beating Roman, to me, doesn't really make a lot of sense. It's just literally using money in the bank for using money in the bank for what it is. Yeah. And it's just, it's, I don't know. I just don't think they'll cash in. I just, I don't think, I can't see Theory cashing in successfully on Roman or Brock. I feel like and, he's going to save it for Clash of the Castle, honestly. And Brock can't win, otherwise we get another Brock-Roman match. Yeah. Yeah, Kev, see, I hope they don't. I, you know, it's crazy, because I hate when they talk about it. Like, it's supposed to be, like, I like the surprise, I like the pop. You know, when Biggie sure. says, hey, I'm going to cash in on Raw, like, that was stupid. I hate it. You know, so for them to be talking about it the last, you know, few weeks, even before Money in the Bank, like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, you know, I want them to do the exact opposite. I think I think it's, it's like that whole thing of, like, saying, like, when, like, Judgment Day was going out there and they were, like, na- and Edge was naming names and everything, it was like, well, those people clearly aren't going to be in there. So I think that's one of those situations where it's, like, Theory mm-hmm. saying, I could, I'm going to cash in at SummerSlam, probably not going to happen at SummerSlam. Yeah. Also, to Kev's point, I think that as viewers, we understand Money in the Bank, and we understand what a Last Man Standing match, we should be the ones hyping up this would be a perfect time for Austin Theory to do this. But by mm-hmm. Austin Theory throwing it out there, it allows us to be a little Those more brain dead while we're watching. Yeah, plus commentators. Yeah. Plus Seth. Dude, I did love that yeah. bit though, where Austin or where Theory came over to to Seth and asked him for his advice, and Seth's like, "You've came to the right place." Yeah, 
Which is also cool because Theory was his disciple for a short period of time. It was nice to see those two back together for a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> little father-son moment. Always good. <laughs> Don't worry, my child. I will teach you how to cash in money. <laughs> yeah. And then that also highlighted to me the fact that it wasn't completely lost on me, but I feel like I thought about it and forgot about it, and I thought that was a nice way to kind of like tease it enough. It's the same match that Seth cashed in on. Theory yeah. is asking Seth how to cash in on Brock versus Roman. Yeah. That'd be crazy, actually. Yeah. So it makes me I also wonder. Theory cashing in on either one, on both of them, you know, like in the middle of the match like that, because honestly, right? I'm just all for anybody but Lesnar or Reigns taking those titles. I'd be all in for Theory taking it. And what if what if yeah. Seth comes in and interferes to make sure that Theory gets it? Then you can have a Theory Austin or a Theory uh, Rollins right on the other side of it and give both Brock and Roman time off afterwards. That'd be such a weird one, though, because it'd be like the first ever triple threat last man standing match. How the hell would you even do that match? You just go in with a briefcase and beat the shit out of both of them. Yeah, and then you just pin one of them because it's a briefcase, <laughs> so it's different now. Well, no, because you just hand it to him, and then you're like, all right, start counting. <laughs> yeah. Count to ten. <laughs> That's a good point. Good point. You all see, like, Roman trying to lift up Brock and shit, and Brock's fucking just heavy and down. <laughs> Get up, you son of a bitch! Yeah, yeah that could be cool. Let's see. What else happened in here? Uh, what do you guys think about the new Vicious Viking Raiders? I love it. I do, too. Easily. I just love the yeah. Viking Raiders altogether. I don't care if they're vicious, goofy. I just love the Viking Raiders. They're so bad. Yeah, I mean, I I think they're amazing talents, but, like, this new, like, just that little minimal face paint that they have on reminds me a lot of, like, the early Road Warriors. Yeah. And... Like I think I love it. I just like they look mean. They are. They've always looked like the part. So now that they're playing it, it's like cool. Like this is what we need, actually. Yeah. When we were in the uh, at SmackDown, the woman next to me had never been to a, a wrestling show before, which was a whole other story. But one of the things <laughs> that was notable <laughs> was uh, when the Viking Raiders came out. She was like, "God, damn." She's like, those dudes are huge and look real mean. And I was like, hey, get meaner. <laughs> yeah. like, give it a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they're quite a presence. I love it. I do think it's funny they keep referring to them as the vicious Viking Raiders. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I don't know what we need the alliteration for, but here we are. Uh, keep reminding everybody that, that they're vicious. Yes, yeah. they're vicious. Trust me. Let's see. Uh, and then uh, Woods and Kofi came out talking about their butts. Kicking, kicking. I thought I was going to hate this promo as they kept talking about butts. But as, as it went on, it became uh, – I just loved it more and more as it went. Those guys are high-level entertainers. They somehow come off serious when not being serious at the same time. You're laughing and thinking, I think they want to fight. Yeah. See, I hated it. I hated the, the New Day coming out. 
I just I can't stand listening to them. They're just too ridiculous right now. Like we say, like you say, street profits are like over the top. They're too way too over the top. There, like it's. But they insane. had their ass kicking tickets. They had to cash in. Yeah. Well, what are they supposed to do with ass kicking tickets? Tickets literally got their asses kicked. So. Yeah. Yeah, that one backfired on them. That's for sure. Did you see how they found someone in the crowd to give it to? Yeah. Did they really? That's amazing. Right before they go in, you see Kofi and Xavier both kind of look in opposite directions. And right before they ran in, they ran straight over on opposite sides to someone specific, handed them the tickets and ran in. So someone in the front row is going home with an ass kicking ticket. Two people. (laughs) It's fantastic. Like a, Willy Wonka golden ticket. Yes. There's only two in the world. It's too cringe right now, and I just... Watching them get beat up by the Viking Raiders makes everything better for me. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know where we're going with it. Do you think the Viking Raiders could be the one to take the titles off the Usos? I think they believably could. It'd be nice. I'd like it. Viking Raiders are actually one of my absolute favorite tag teams in the company. And when you talk about underutilized, they're truly in that category. Unlike some people who are utilized every week all the time and just aren't champion, and people go underutilized, and you go, no, they're on TV more than the champ. They're fine, you know. But like Miz, absolutely not underutilized. Absolutely utilized the way that he's probably maximized his utility. But but Viking Raiders, absolutely underutilized. Easy. Yeah, so I don't know. I could see them taking it. I could see them being the the new number ones. Uh, I did want to ask because we talked about it a little bit a minute ago, though. Uh, uh, but more specifically, Gunther and Ludwig. When Shinsuke comes out, wins against uh, Ludwig. Gunther goes on a fucking tear and just smacks the ever living shit out of Ludwig, yeah. yelling at him. I mean, it's some heel shit to do. I was jealous. Gunther pretty much saying, hey, you're not going to freaking do, you're not going to step up and beat his ass. Well, guess what? I'm going to beat your ass. It was high level evil, wasn't it? It was like, spare no one. It's a good thing. Make him look like an absolute, like, threat to everything. Yeah. What what were you about to say, Kev? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I loved it too. Like, you know, he was chopping the shit out of him. Like, I think he even made him bleed a little bit. Like, I was trying mm-hmm. to look closely. But, you know, yeah, just with him out there and doing that to him, like, excuse me, that's some, like, different level heel shit. Yeah, that was a spare the rod kind of, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That was like a... uh like a good lord, like there's no one safe. His best comrade crossed him by losing a match, and he just high level embarrassed and beat the shit out of him in front of everyone. Like good lord, like that was. As much as I love Gunther and everything he's doing, I'm always like, yay! I was seeing that, and after after like the second one, I was like, God, leave him alone. <laughs> yeah. Like, he didn't do anything that bad. It reminds me of Raven. It reminds me of Raven in TNA because he used to do that. He had a group mm-hmm. in TNA, and every time they lost a match, he'd publicly cane them. He'd give them Singapore cane shots in front of the crowd. 
I just it was so it was like wow that is so reminiscent right there and I loved it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's easy to boo. <laughs> but then Gunter <laughs> and Ricochet love... live was incredible. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah. I was just gonna say that I loved uh, uh, Corbin on commentary here. Oh and my God. McAfee and yeah. yes. Him and Corey on the desk, like that was awesome. <laughs> Amazing, dude. I forgot. I was trying to remember there was something here. That's it. Dude, Corbin on commentary was so fucking good here, dude. Saying that he could do what Pat does, he could do it better. Shinsuke comes out and he starts screaming like an idiot, jumps on the table and being like, I'm just so excited. <laughs> fucking air guitaring with Corey. <laughs> so fucking funny. When I saw this, too, I was like, oh, the whole Shinsuke thing here is so Corbin can do this. Yeah. And then Cor- and then Shinsuke had a good match against Kaiser, and I was like, well, this is win-win. And then mm-hmm. Gunther beat the shit out of Ludwig, and I was like, we got a lot done in one segment. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> that is truly a uh, three birds, one basket kind of a deal. I love how Corbin left after that whole thing, too, because it's almost like he was traumatized by it. Like, oh, dear God. I'm a little concerned here. I think I'm just going to leave. Yeah, I better get out of here. Uh, oh, yeah, here's a couple more things that I want to throw out there. Um, Liv Morgan doing her uh, her little shtick. Ronda Rousey and Natty coming out. I want to know because I know Justin can be um, pretty harsh and wrong about a lot of things. Um, all, all uh, terrible wrestling takes. He's got it in his blood. <laughs> I want to know what you think about these three women in this particular segment, uh, and then me and Kev uh, will set the record straight. What do you think, Justin? <laughs> I mean, I didn't like hate it. Hate it. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't like really like delving into it too much because I was just like lives out here celebrating and then Natty and Rhonda end up having a match again and I was just like okay well I, why is I'm amazed Rhonda's even back here yeah she came out hobbling so I was surprised she was there but then she came out they threw the match together <laughs> and I'm like okay well this is a thing and then Natty pretty much got squashed I was like holy yeah. hell yeah 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 I felt like all three women did really good on the mic, though. I felt that even as much as people try to shit on Ronda and she does come off a little bit, she does sound different than everyone else. But I think it's because she sounds very conversational. A lot of people sound like loud conversation or wrestling loud or are they saying their things believably. But Ronda comes out like she's just having a conversation. And I think that people aren't taking to that very well. But even this, where she said that, you know, you cashed in on me and congratulations, that's 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 the point. You know what I mean? Or I forget how she worded it, but she worded it in a really nonchalant, like, hey, you did the thing. You did the thing you're supposed to do. You know, good on you. Uh, she also came off as threatening to live and said, enjoy it because, you know, it's easier to, to take than it is to retain. And I was like, nice, well enough, short line. She had a short line to Natty. I thought all three sounded very, very good here. Yeah, yeah it wasn't the worst. It was just yeah. fine. Yeah, it wasn't terrible, but to me, there was something that just didn't like click or hit for me. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did think it was hilarious when Ronda did use that line. Like, 
you know, it's easier to win it than, you know, than retaining it. And I was like, you know, they document how Liv has struggled to even get it. Yeah. So it's like, exactly. hey, that was the easy part. <laughs> like, yes. Yes. It was funny also coming from Rhonda, who showed up yeah. and won immediately and then held it for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> so I did feel like there's a little contradiction here where Liv had an incredibly hard time getting it. You had a very easy time getting it. And now you're all like, oh, let me tell you what's hard. And you're like, you don't know what you're talking about historically in kayfabe, yeah. you know? It would have been funny if Liv looked at her and said, what? <laughs> From you of all people? How many days were you in before you just took the title off of someone while they had their back turned? Like, what the what? Yeah, but the only thing people, people pick off on, like, pick apart, like Rhonda is that she like she stumbles over her own words too much. Yes, like how she was just like when she, she forgot went, the city. Texas, right for that, and then she was just like, "Yeah, we're in uh, somewhere in Texas," and I was just like, "Oh, Rhonda's stumbling," but yeah, she's not the worst promo. She just got a take her time when she speaks. She just talks too fast sometimes. She's like, "I don't, I what I." Don't, Oh, where were we again? Oh, that's right. I think she's yeah. also tired of yelling into the mic because when she did that before, the crowd booed her out of the building. But I think at this point, she just talks into the mic normally and said, you guys are going to listen or you're not, and I'm not going to fight for it anymore. Which I don't personally have a problem with. You know? Yeah. It's do you want to see the show or do you want to take over the show? What are you here to do? And she's kind of challenging the audience every time she speaks with that. And I think that's pretty fucking commendable. But, ballsy, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I love Liv Morgan as champion. I thought Natty came out and did a good thing, even though she got her ass handed to her by Ronda. We do have Liv versus Natalia next week, and I'm excited about that. I, I'm i really into the Liv as a champion thing. I think that there's a lot there for a while. And I really hope they leave it on her. I hope Ronda doesn't take it. I don't think Ronda does. I think Liv gets another big win over. Just think she hey. beat her when she was like not full, like like not full health. Just think she's gonna face her at full health. Well, kinda at full health. Because by the way, it's looking with her knee. She's still hobbling around on it. True. But like it's a well, it's an actually mostly prepared Ronda, and she's about to. She could beat Ronda Rousey, which she should. That's pretty big for her. Yeah, you gotta solidify the the title win. Yeah, you know, so, strong victory. Like yeah, that. yeah. I you know I think the same. Like she needs to beat her and stuff like that. The only thing I didn't like was they kept talking about how injured Ronda is, but yeah, she doesn't have like a knee break. Like, mm. Kind of stupid. That's her same knee. She's had like thousands of surgeries on too, right? I think Probably. so. I'm not like mistaken, right? Yeah. Probably. So maybe it's a bionic knee and it doesn't need a brace. <laughs> just needs a good hard reset, you know. <laughs> if you have the the knee the knee brace on it, maybe there's too many magnets that offsets the whole thing and goes twisted. You know what I mean? What? I wonder. I wonder if because a lot of people have been speculating that now is the time for Bailey to come back and SummerSlam's the one to do it. You know, have Liv and Ronda and then Bailey come out and then boom, you have Liv versus uh, Bailey as a program. Especially with all the live talking about how no one wants this title than me. No one loves this title more than I love it. Um, no one in the history has ever wanted it more than me. 
well, the longest reigning SmackDown Women's Champion might have a bone uh, of contention in there. I just don't know if I want Bailey's big return to be to lose against Liv. It wouldn't be the worst thing, obviously, but I almost wonder if it's not played out, if there's a way you could do it delicately and still make it work, if you do a Becky-Bianca-style story with Liv and Bailey, where Bailey comes back and screws Liv, and Liv works herself up to a Bailey-Liv WrestleMania moment, and Liv gets the big win there. It almost feels like it could end up being like the Bianca thing, though. How Becky came back and then beats her, and it just feels like they pulled the rug out from under Bianca. Yeah. So, like, why put why put Liv in that situation where because it works? Bailey pretty much has to win coming back, but you're gonna pull the rug out from under her already. Like, that's yes. not gonna really help much. It helps incredibly. It worked. Like, that's how you build the ultimate underdog. You screw them over. By that asshole who's been on top forever anyways. Bianca's big win over Becky was massive at Mania. And Liv getting a huge moment at Mania against Bailey would be just as big, especially if it's she finally gets to the top of the mountain. Finally. And immediately gets knocked the fuck down because this person came back. Because Bailey's finally ready to just take the throne back. Like, fuck. That'll get a lot of booze on Bailey, and it'll get a lot more people behind Liv. And all the people who were saying with Bianca during that time, oh, look, they just pushed Bianca to the back of the line. She deserves better. I can't believe this is what we're doing. Look at Bianca out here every week against nobody here and there. And they're like, because she's out there every week reminding you that she's here and fighting and getting herself back. Like, you could do that with Liv and have a massive victory over Bailey at Mania. She's the ultimate underdog, I think. You could have a Daniel Bryan-style underdog with Liv Morgan. Except she's not the greatest wrestler in the history of the world, but... She is that beloved, is what I'm saying. She's not awful at all. I think Liv's she's very good. I think she's gotten better so much. Like, yes. my God. She's very good. But no one's saying, if you want to see the greatest technical wrestler of all time, watch Liv Morgan. That's not a knock on her. She's fantastic. But she's not catch-as-catch-can. She's not Daniel Bryan. She's not the Zack Sabre yeah. Jr. That's just a different conversation. That's not to undermine any of those of, of those or her. She is top 10 in the entire women's industry right now i think i'm just saying the big difference between daniel bryan and her is strictly the technical part yeah the beloved part the fan reaction part i think that's all the same and i think you could ride that mm-hmm. it's just for different reasons her charisma so off the charts that you know uh oh. yeah i don't know i was just just wondering if you guys had thoughts on the whole bailey thing um See, when Bailey comes back, I want her to come back as the hugger. Mm. Doctor of Hugonomics? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of want Ding Dong Bailey back. Ding Dong Huglo? Huglo? Yeah. (laughs) Ding Dong Huglo? Yep. A little of both. See, I think if you bring back, you know... Bailey has a face, and then she can, you know, make the turn and, mm. you know, back to the ding dong real quick. And that's maybe how she screws Liv out of the title. Yeah. Uh, Hugger or ding donger is the question. Ding donger. <laughs> ding donger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
I don't know. I mean, it's a little, a little bit of uh, maybe we speculated too much on Bailey's return for someone who's not back yet. But I do want to see what, what happens there. I want to know. I don't know if you and I or anyone's talked about it much. Max Dupree and his maximum male models come out. Balls in hand, balls in pockets, balls in baskets, sack of balls, tennis balls collection. These guys were balls heavy as they modeled Massey and Mansois. I don't know. That was, a lot of balls. Converse, that was a lot of ball conversation. There's a lot of balls, dude. There were so many balls there. Fuzzy balls. Balls deep. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool because I do think that watching it, I think this will go down very similarly in the zeitgeist as the Spirit Squad, as just a god awful gimmick that I can't believe they would strap anyone with. And I think that all three of these guys have the potential to come out Dolph Ziggler style on the other side saying, even though the gimmick was chital, it was uh, it was executed perfectly by these people who got it over anyways. I think if anyone can get this kind of shit over, it's Max Dupree. But I'm getting nervous about it, I'll be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're getting legitimate heat, you know, see mm-hmm. out of the whole thing and you know that's what you want from your heels like you know they need to do something else yep soon before they you know run that into the ground because i mean how like remember lacy how she used to come out to that siren and walk out and then walk back yeah it was like you know first couple times it's like all right whatever and then afterwards it was just like this is fucking stupid yeah and I think they need to toe the line on when to pull it and actually have them compete. Yes. <clears throat> a match needs to happen sooner than later at this point. Because yeah. there's only so many 10-minute segments of looking at someone's balls that we can handle before we go, okay, I guess when they come out, I'll go take a break. You know what I mean? Like That's what you're running the risk of. Not the idea that people will stop hating it because they're going to continue to hate it and boo it if they're in the audience. But what you're going to start running the risk of is people realizing this is going to be five to ten minutes. They have time to walk away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're going to get people during the bathroom breaks. Yep. The concession. Yep. Um, yep. People are going to start saying, oh, I get what this is going to be. It's going to be fine. I know I hate it. I know I'm booing. I'm going to go to the concessions. I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'm going to go start my car. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they're running the risk of doing, I think, if they do this much longer without a match. Yeah. I sadly feel like they've already hit that level, though, which is pretty bad. That's what I mean. This coming week, they're going to have to do something. Because I mean, we've seen it twice last, now, and that's like plenty. Friday. I think they did Friday. I think they hit that mark of just people are going to hate this at this point because I for sure was not a fan of it. I was just like, I don't need runway freaking models right now. Mm-hmm. I want to see some wrestling like this just didn't do it for me at all. And mm-hmm. it's already got me just, I was like, I'll give it a chance. When, when he first came up, when Max Dupree first shows up, I go, okay, I'll give this a, a chance here. But the first thing you give me is tennis freaking showcase because Wimbledon's going on. So you're like, well, tennis, this is a smart idea. Let's go with that. Yeah. And it's just, 
it, it just didn't do it for me. I was just, yeah. it already feels like it's turned me against it already, and it's just disappointing. I'm not going to say my juices weren't titillated, because they definitely were. But <laughs> at this point, how many times are you going to titillate my juices before I have to go juice my tittles? You know what I mean? Like, I'm going <laughs> to just take a break. Juice you know my I mean? tittles. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta get it out. Yeah, you're gonna have to get it out at a certain point. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> See, I'm thinking like, like I don't know what their schedule is, but you would think that they've got a. They're leading up to like a city that they're gonna be in that's like a fashion city, like in mm. New York or in LA or Miami or something like that. Yeah. But, but then who do you have them go up against? That's what I don't know. That's the part that I'm sitting there saying, this is why it's it's exactly where Justin said, where we're at that point now where something's got to happen because I already know the next time I see it, I've got 10 minutes to take care of what I need to because I get it. Mm-hmm. I get what we're doing and what we're hearing and what it's going to be like. What I don't understand or get is where the fuck do you go and against who and how. So that's why this next segment has to either have someone interfere it's going to have to have somebody do something. It's going to have to involve challenging somebody. Something has to happen in this next one, or it's going to be that Lacey Evans segment of, okay, I got a minute. I can run to the fridge. Yeah. Well, they need to, like, because whoever, like, if somebody just goes in and attacks them, like, they're going to get a huge pop. Yes. And they're going to pop their juices you know, for sure. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, I just don't know. Who the fuck would have a problem with these models? In our current landscape of them. Yeah, I would say the Viking Raiders. Yes. They could get away with that for sure. We're vicious Vikings and you guys are tennis ball players. Yeah. Playing with your balls out here. Yeah. Playing with your balls out here. Yeah. Yeah. Because outside of that, I don't know who. But I don't think you give the Viking Raiders that pop. No. Especially since you just turned a wheel. Yeah, you want a face to do Mm. it. That's a really good call, too. Yeah, that's smart. That's tough. I mean, if you push, like, an Ollie and Ricochet or something like that, maybe. You you don't think that they're going to try and get Los Lotharios to approach them saying they should be in it get turned away and start a feud because they're not one of the models maybe that makes so much that could could make so much sense why oh god oh god see I think I think you pair them up at like a survivor series no because I want traditional survivor series I'm sick of this bullshit brand brand crap yeah although At this next Survivor Series, Roman Reigns versus Roman Reigns is going to be a great match. Oh and Usos God. versus Can Usos. Can you picture Roman just throwing himself around the ring? Yeah, liar, liar style. Uh, yeah, so my money is on the Los Lotharios are going to start a feud with the male models. That's my theory. Oh, God. Uh, like, that would be... Uh... <laughs> you have all this build up and you bring it to that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, something's got to happen. 
You just gotta slowly start edging them. And I mean, mostly. Oh come on! Why do you gotta say it like that? Trying to edge the male models. Slaughter are gonna be the tag team, so you just kind of edge them into the. You just kind of. quit saying it. Quit saying you want to edge the models. Oh, I can't wait to be edging the models over here, dude. Jesus. Inappropriate. This guy's juices are titillated as it gets, and he's trying to say he doesn't like it, and the next thing he wants to do is edge them. Fuck. I'm saying, if you want to get them to start competing, you just got to start throwing them against random people at this point. Yeah, that's true. That could be true, too. Uh, Street Profits and Usos had a good thing going on. I think the last thing I wanted to talk about, though, specifically... I mean, we can talk about Street Profits for a second. A lot of people are going back and forth on it. It's Montez's time to go to singles. And a lot of people are saying, like, don't count Dawkins out. I'm going to be honest with you. As much as it makes me an asshole, I am completely ready to discount Dawkins. Like, there's... He's the most annoying person in the group. Like, as annoyed as I get at Ford, the second Dawkins grabs a mic and starts going, yeah, for fucking three minutes, I, I mute my TV. He's the reason I don't get to hear Montez half the time. Yeah, because he's the literal most annoying and childlike of anyone on TV, including Negative One. So I can't get I can't get to the point of listening to Montez if Dawkins is still there. And I, I absolutely am being just honest and, I guess, a jerk, uh, and I don't mean to be. I'm not impressed with what I see him do in the ring and everything, and it is just whatever it is. And, and to be honest, I'm more curious about what, <laughs> what Montez Ford is going to bring moving forward, and I am not at all interested in what Dawkins is doing. I want you guys to tell me how I'm wrong or something. Start with Kev. Um, I think you're, like, on to it. Like, I've been wanting them to split up for a while, they might be, you know, shuffling their feet a little because they've split up quite a few tag teams in the last few years mm-hmm. in my eyes too early, so they might be saying, hey, you know, let's take it slower with them. But, yeah, yeah I'm, I, I want to see Montez in singles competition, you know. And, yeah, I just, yeah, I'd, I'd be okay. They could have a cool feud for a little bit. You know, I'd, I'd want almost like a Marty Janetti, Shawn Michaels type of turn. Montez Ford said in an interview that he feels that although he is ready for a singles run, he doesn't want to break up the tag team. And that he says that uh, they'll stay together forever and as long as a draft doesn't split them apart, which to me insinuating that they may be getting ready to do a draft in which they split them apart. Okay. But I agree with you. I'd like to see Montez Ford beat the shit out of Dawkins because that'd be super babyface to me. <laughs> well, looks like I got to be the different guy here. Go ahead, do I it. I want them to stay together. I really do. Like you, with tag teams so limited as they are, you can't afford to take another team out at this point. Like, especially what happened on Raw. Like, but from what it's looking like, we don't have dirty dogs anymore mm. so it's like that's another team out the window all the, everyone's talking about splitting dom and ray up and then mm. then what that's another team out the window now you're going to take this one out and they're going to be another team out the window so then what the usos have four teams to face while they're champions like no we can't afford to keep breaking teams up at this point 
we got to start keeping some teams together. And as much as Dawkins is like way too over the top with his fucking yeah thing, like it's mm-hmm. got to be, it's it's got to, it makes more sense to keep them together than lowering the tag division even more. Because then it starts turning into like the women's worlds where it's just losing tag teams over and over and over again. So eventually yeah. there's. Hmm. Well, see, I I can definitely agree from where you're coming from there, but I also think that there's a bunch of tag teams that they could easily make and put together that they never do. Mm-hmm. Like, I That's still want true. Sheamus and Drew as a fucking tag team. That's true. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so are you telling me that you, uh, Justin, that you love the team of Street Profits, or you just love that there is a team? No, I love this street profits as a tag team i've okay. always i've been a big fan like as much as like i said as much as dawkins is way too over the top just the two of them together it's i've i just love the street profits as a tag team and i just can't see them going apart at this point like i if Te, if montez does go singles more than likely it'll just be like a new day thing where they won't break up they'll just stay together Hmm. Yeah, I can see that. See, I, I don't think you can do that with two people. I think the New Day can do that because they're worth those people. Hmm. But, I mean, it worked while, like, Woods wasn't there. And they were doing yeah. it, like, they were running singles. So it was like, I think they could do it with Street Profits. It would just, Dawkins ain't going to do much as a singles guy. Like, Montez will mostly so in the end Dawkins will just be his like manager if he goes single yeah I can see that uh well yeah I don't know man uh Derek says in the chat all I care about for Survivor Series is Lashley versus Gunther I didn't even think about that as a match yes can you imagine that fucking killer dude can't wait for that. I hope and dude, just, I, hope, I hope it ends in a no contest, just so neither one of them takes the loss. But also, that's that's literally America versus Germany. You know what I mean? Like, who more USA than former Marine Bobby Lashley with the United States title? Against, against the ring general. Yeah, against evil Gering General. Can't wait for that. I hope, I, like I said, we got five months till that happens. Keep, like, yeah, make it happen it. at this point. Uh, I do want to get your guys' opinion on this, and we'll talk some raw stuff. But we're not going to go through all the rocks. I already hit a bunch, a bunch of the good raw stuff, anyways. Lacey Evans finally Dude. really put her fucking thumb down on I am a bad guy, coming out time after time, not getting the cheers that she wanted. She ultimately punched the shit out of her tag team partner. One of the bigger disappointments of the segment is that they told us we were going to get Shayna and Shotzi. We didn't get to see them at yeah. all. They were just a graphic, and that sucks. Mm-hmm. But I really personally felt like this version of Lacey Evans is something to stick, stick sink her teeth into. And I felt like it was the most real she came across on the mic. Not that I think it's the most honest to who she is as a person or anything like that, but... It was very natural the way that she spoke. She sounded the least scripted I've ever heard her talk and came across super believable in this. This this is something I can totally get behind as a character to boo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's like, uh, what's his name? Seth. 
Yeah. Like Seth was, you know, when he did his baby face thing, it was like, oh, this sucks. It's falling flat. He, you know, he turned heel again. And it was like, cool. This is your natural spot. This is, you know, where you yes. should be. And yeah, Lacey as a face just never made sense. Like, it was just not there. And it felt like every time they got close to that Lacey has a face that could work, they would do just the right thing that would make it not work. You know what I mean? Like it was so self-sabotaging where you go like, yes, former Marine. Yes. Crazy backstory. Yes. Survivor fighter. Then they would give her a catchphrase or something that would just be like, and fuck everyone else. And you're like, whoa, you know what I mean? <laughs> like every time they started getting close to the point where like, yes, I can cheer this person and support this person. They're, they're virtually a hero. And then she'd be like, and you're all bitches. And you'd be like, okay, sharp left turn, you know? So I feel like this was something where she's able to utilize all of those things. We talked about it before even, that even with her promo segments, her story segments, that she was one or two sentences away from just being ultra, ultra bad guy. And I feel like she just went ahead and leaned into those two or three sentences. I also loved that she called the audience fat without calling the audience fat. She actually said it in a clever way. And a lot of heels nowadays say the easy thing. You're all ugly and fat. I'm in shape. She said she was embarrassed by them. That they wouldn't stand up and ask if they were weighed down by biscuits and brisket. And I was like, what a clever way to say you fat sons of bitches didn't stand up for me. Like, <laughs> I loved it. I loved that line. Cause I was like, yes, that's how you can say a typical thing, a non-typical way. That's how you make your, that's a good heel. Those are the heel lines that I expect to hear out of like MJF. MJF still says a lot of street things. You're all ugly. She's going to say, I don't even like looking at you because X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Like this, these are the kinds of lines I look for in the nowadays. These are the kind of lines that edge was missing. You know what I mean? When I was talking about how he was taking the easy, easy digs. These are the easy digs in a clever way that makes you go, it's the same old, same old, but sounds better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Justin, what do you think of this new Lacey Evans? You cheering her? See, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not crazy for Lacey, no matter what she is, really. Like, this just did nothing for me. Like, she, I know they tried to push her as a face because they told her story. But it just didn't feel like it just felt forced. Yeah. Just how they were trying to get her over as a baby face. And now it's just like, well, <clears throat> nobody was going to root for her. So they just put her back as a heel. And it was just like, it almost felt like all for nothing. It was. Well, see, I think they. Go ahead. I think they realized that it was falling flat. Yeah. Because, you know, we went to, you know, the live events and SmackDown a couple weeks ago and her stuff came out and, you know, she was supposed to be this, you know, huge baby face and get the crowd, you know, excited and like everyone just like watched her. They yep. didn't like boo, they didn't cheer, they just sat there. Yep. Sat on their hands. Or... Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty yeah. It was pretty cool being in the audience at SmackDown and hearing the crowd be so loud on certain things. I thought it was very cool to see, especially with the amount of people. I think the Thunderdome broke a lot of fans in that once they started using like fan noise, now 
all these fans are being like, see, they always tune in their own fan noise. And I was like, no, it's just that they used real recordings of fans, right? Because now I see people talk about what they see on SmackDown and say, what a shame they keep piping in all this fan noise and that's not what's happening in the crowd. But it's people at home saying that because it sounds like what they heard in the Thunderdome. Again, they used real recordings of audience members for those. So, yeah, it's probably going to sound similar if the crowd is booing the same way, right? Being in the audience, the only time I've ever seen it where I was like, this is definitely something, something's up, was that whole Bailey thing. Bailey and Ronda. Bailey was over like crazy after at that Raw after Rumble, and they, they, they actually softened the crowd noise. They didn't add in noise that wasn't there. They just brought the volume way down so you couldn't hear how loud the crowd was being for Bailey. Mm-hmm. I remember being annoyed at that. Yeah, but you go to yeah, but you go to SmackDown and you hear these people cheering and booing and doing all this stuff, and then you go online and see people being like, "Look at the audience wasn't even moving." Well, because you don't have to move to say "boo," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, and it's hot in Arizona. We're not trying to move. We're enjoying the AC. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like this version of Lacey. I think this could be the thing for her. This could be the thing. She's a bitch. Yeah. I mean, I talked to producer lady, and we just want, like, like I hope she changes her gear, too. Like, yeah, the gear's a little weird. Just full makeover, like, lean into it all the way. And, yeah. But we'll see. I liked her Money in the Bank gear, that pink and black kind of uh, camo thing with the kind of mm. camo face paint thing. I liked it. I thought it was close enough to something in between, you know? Um... Let's talk a little bit about Raw, and we'll wrap up the dive bar. Uh, something I forgot to mention on the top, though, and since we're back doubling back to Raw, the top of that was Brock and Paul, and the top of SmackDown was uh, Roman and Paul. And I don't know if people... People are always going to talk about how great Paul Heyman is, because you can't deny that. But something I don't know that was, like, super evident until I kind of scoped back and watched both today, it was literally Paul Heyman versus Paul Heyman on the mic. Yeah. Like, the same way that you would get two people on two different shows talking shit about the other person, Paul was the one talking on both of them primarily. The other guy said their piece, but the highlight of this was on SmackDown, Paul Heyman telling Roman he's going to have to be more vicious and more dominant than he's ever been to, to win. And then on Raw, Raw, Paul was putting over how incredibly vicious and and and... I don't know other word I use besides vicious. It's already gone. But how vicious and how catered this match is to Brock. He was sitting there on SmackDown saying Roman's got this and it's going to be the toughest match of his career. He's on Raw saying, Brock, I believe in you. It's going to be the toughest match of your career. And then was still able to slide in. But this might not be the Roman you're expecting. You know what I mean? Like Paul Heyman went up against Paul Heyman on the mic in only a way you could – fan book at this point this was fan fantasy what if paul Heyman had to fight against paul Heyman on the mic well we just saw it and it was incredible that's why he gets two spots in the mount rushmore of of talkers (laughs) a smackdown version and a raw version yep you get smackdown Heyman and raw Heyman, and those are two spots on the mount rushmore only paul Heyman can do a promo against himself and win (laughs) <laughs> Come 
and I'm honestly more excited about this match than I have been. I didn't think it was going to be a bad match. I didn't know if I was thrilled about seeing another Brock Roman. I do think people over-exaggerate how often we see the match. They always want to list every match they've ever seen and don't realize they're listing six years of matches. And they average about one match a year. It's not done to death. You know, and there's years where they didn't have a match. So it's like, you know, we might get two in one year, zero in one year, but this goes back since 2015. So what's that, seven years, actually? Seven years, eight matches, nine matches now. Relax. You know what I mean? Like, this isn't the every... This isn't Buffy the Vampire Slayer against the same villain every week. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what we're doing. But at the same time, we did just have it not that long ago. So it's a little close. And the one before that one was a little close. We're getting them kind of like once every six months at this point, And that's a little closer than I think that we like, that we're comfortable with. So I agree with that. But they're really pushing home this last man standing thing. And I think that we could see something a little bit different here. Yeah. I mean, they keep saying, you know, the last time and you know stuff like that as well. So, yeah. I do think we, as of right now, yes, this is going to be the the pinnacle of Brock versus Roman. I think so, too. And I do think we're going to get something different, something, you know, I think we are going to get something vicious. We are going to get the, you know, not quite a death match, obviously, but, you know. Yeah, light tubes. An actual hardcore match that we haven't, you know, that we see every once in a while in WWE. That's a good point. All the matches that Roman and Brock have had have varying degrees of viciousness. But outside of the cage match, I don't remember any real gimmick matches that used much for weapons at all. And even then, the gimmick match of the cage, I think, was the cage. I don't think they used weapons in the match. We might just go ahead and see Brock Lesnar do the match that Dean Ambrose wanted to do and couldn't do with him. And that could be fucking cool, man. Yeah. Do you think that WWE is willing to use blood in this match? Yeah. I think they should, even though I'm not crazy for this match. I think it would be... I think this match needs color. It needs something big and different. Because it needs mm-hmm. to feel different than their other matches right now. Because every mm-hmm. match so far they've had, it just feels the same over and over and over again like they need to do something different here like if this is the like if this is legit like i don't believe it's the final confrontation between these two they'll more than likely meet somewhere down the road again yeah but if you're if you're gonna make it feel like it's the last one go all out at this point Mm -hmm. yes yep i agree yeah i mean i think this would be a you know last man standing you know two monsters like I do think you get the you come out with the blood and you know make it look vicious yeah yeah I think I think it would be a good time to do it I think it reminds me of the the Roman Brock match where Roman hit him with the elbow uh, and I think you could do something like that here and get away with it. And I do think that WWE does not overdo the blood the way that AEW does. Uh, I'm not the only one who's given them that criticism, for the record. Uh, but I do think I just that... Realized um, they've only, 
they've both only bled in two matches with each other. Yeah. That was their WrestleMania match where Seth cashed in, Brock bleeds, and then the match at WrestleMania where Brock freaking busts him open the way with his elbow. So. Yeah. And then there's that Madison Square Garden. Yeah, that was, I don't know, it was just the beat down after. But they had that, they used that as a focal point and, like, showed it, you know, all the time. So if you get something similar to that, like, yeah, I think it drives home the point. Yeah, like I said, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy for the match. I'm over the two of these guys fighting each other over and over. Like, even if it's got a gap between it, I'm just tired of seeing these two because mm-hmm. nothing comes out different half the time but like i said if this match is gonna like legit quote be their final encounter make it different and just go all out yeah that's how i feel about it they have it in their power to do what they wouldn't normally do and that's what i think they should do yes uh and it it turns out gets involved i think sammy hasn't been involved for too long I think the last couple of weeks, not having Sammy do something has been suspicious. So I wouldn't be against it for one second, no. I'm just, you know, thinking, like, he's trying to prove himself to the bloodline and whatnot, and he has his past with Brock, so I think it would be hilarious. Not hilarious, but... What if uh, Sammy tries to stop Theory from cashing in and ends up costing Roman? We could get something like that. Roman's laying in the corner. Sammy's freaking theory slides in, gets in the corner, and Sammy just kicks him. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. That'd be amazing. That'd be wonderful. Honorary use right there. We the ones. Let's see. Let's keep going through some of it. Finn Balor, Rey Mysterio. Great match. I love these two together. I just don't know what we're doing with Judgment Day anymore. It's a shell of itself anymore. Honestly, it just feels I, like I it's got like, no direction anymore. Right? There's something weird about it because it also I also feel like Finn Balor's got a new look that I think is awesome. I like him and uh, uh, Damien together. So much of it's working, and somehow it still comes off flat. You know I mean? Yeah, it's just retribution all over again. There's yeah. like so much excitement and stuff like that, and. I think they need, you know, you said it, like, I like them both together. I think they work well together, but I think they need a third piece, you know, especially with Rhea out and, you know, obviously they kicked Edge out, but I think they need at least a third piece. Yeah, maybe that's part of it too. They they kicked out Edge and then Rhea got hurt, so it just isn't what it was. Like we're not in a feud with Edge. We're just doing this weird Mysterios thing, and it's just a tag team now. Mm. It's not the faction that it was before. That might be exactly what's missing about it. Mm. Um, but it was a good match, and I think those guys are awesome together. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we do with Dominic. Do you think Dominic joins the Judgment Day? Leaves Ray behind that way instead of actually turning on his dad uh, necessarily and having some sort of title there. Like, you just do straight up Judgment Day. Um, I, just, I, I can't see Dom ever turning on his dad at this point. 
I just don't think they're ever going to do it. And if even then, you'd have to make it make sense. It can't just be a random thing happening like that. Like, him joining Judgment Day is just a weird thought. I just don't yeah. see Dom fitting in Judgment Day. Is it because of a stupid haircut? No, I just don't see fitting in there at all. Like, I don't look at... I don't look at Damien Priest, who looks like this dark, evil character. Finn Balor, who we know is a dark, evil character when he wants to be. And then you see Dominic Mysterio. They plus, literally cute. One of these things is not like the other thing. Yeah, plus Finn Balor has abs like chicken breasts taped to his stomach. You know, just... You know what I mean? Like, if you were to put a bunch of chicken breasts on your stomach, it would look like Finn Balor's abs. They're just so pronounced and supple. <laughs> and then you have Dominic with these flimsy little arms and shitty haircut. <laughs> it does feel a little fish out of water. Yeah. Well, I want them to, like, bring back LWO. I'm not against that at all. They need to, they need to bring that back officially. Maybe I, the Lostarios in the phone. You know what they could do, and it would work, is if Dom joins Judgment Day, not turning on Ray, but just says, Dad, I, just, I don't see any other way about this. I need them to leave you alone, and they're not going to leave you alone unless I'm with them. Just let me go. And he joins them. And then Mysterio recruits uh, Legata del Fantasma and creates a new LWO to entice Dominic back. You could do something like that. Hmm. Would Santos still be the leader, though, is the question. Because I don't see Santos being a side piece. He'd have to be the leader. I don't like the way you keep saying edging and side piece and stuff like that. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think you'd have a more interesting dynamic if you have a leader Santos with Godfather Ray. Maybe Ray takes kind of a step back, but more of a managerial role over them almost. Like, hey, trust me and my insight when he's got to get in there and do it. He can, but for all intents and purposes, Santos is the is the one stepping in front of Ray to get the job done, you know? Santa, wait, Ray being the Godfather, Ray sitting at a desk. He's got his mask off sitting on the table with Santos and everyone looking at him. No, that mask on with a fedora over the mask. I'd rather see him. I'd rather just see it where you can't see his face. Just have the mask off the entire oh, time. Oh, yeah, just the the camera shots yeah, from the neck down, yeah. but yeah. the mask is on the table. The mask yeah. is sitting on the table. Yeah, that'd be great. Be sick. So sick. <laughs> um. All right, so we went through almost everything. Uh, there's only, like, a couple things I want to throw out there. I thought the women did awesome in Raw. Bliss and Asuka against Nikki and Dewdrop, I thought was a really good match where everyone, I thought, did a, I thought everyone did, did fantastic in it. But the only thing I wonder is, are they teasing about keeping tag teams alive? Because they also never mentioned on commentary one time about the women's tag titles or women tag teams specifically. It was just here for women fighting in a tag team match. I didn't hear anything that alluded to the idea of the tag championships. And I thought it was interesting and notable because you had one established women's tag team and one new women's tag team fighting for no stakes. So I felt like this is the time now more than ever that you would mention the concept of those tag titles. Maybe you'd even on commentary say, look at they're establishing their footing for whenever that tournament starts when to, to crown a new tag champion. They want to be ready. 
but they didn't mm-hmm. tease any of it. So I thought that was really peculiar and made this match seem uh, relatively unimportant, even though that people did well, you know? Just throw them together. Yeah. I thought it was a missed opportunity to make it sound important. Yeah. Which was also the whole reason of having the tag titles to begin with was to no longer have tag matches for the sake of tag matches. You know? Bailey and Sasha talked about it over and over again. They wanted, with all the random women tag matches that they kept having, they wanted there to be a reason for all of it. And that was what made those tag titles so important was it gave the mid-card a fighting division to go after something. Even if it was like tag teams thrown together and ripped apart all the time, there was a reason why they would, you know? Yeah, but then they had those tag matches that had the women tag implications on their number one contenderships, and then they never did anything with the women. Yeah, they did. They did not follow through, not one bit. No. My thing, my thing with the tag titles is looking at it. I just go, I don't know. I still don't see a reason for them. They, as much as like it makes, it does make the tag team, like the tag matches feel like they're actually have a purpose. It's just like, it's so weird because it's like when you have those tag titles, you're making teams, but then like lowering the singles division. But then when the singles division needs people, you're taking out of the tag team division. So it's like a double edged sword almost. I've always felt that it was the women's mid-card title, that instead of having a women's intercontinental, you have the women's tag, and then you have four women at a time that you can get on TV to work through whatever growing pains as you launch them into the title picture and have a safe place for women who are no longer in the title picture to land and still seem important, that it felt kind of like a best of both worlds to me. You do four women at a time in the mid-card and prepping them for the world title, but you only have one world title... And they only have so many women. Like, as much as as much as it was cool to see Money in the Bank have a fifty fifty card where half the matches were women, half were men, that was literally every woman they got. You know, yeah. like from both brands, they don't do women's lumberjack matches not because they never want to, but because they literally don't have the people to surround the ring. They just not have right. a thin roster, and I think they should fill it yeah. out more. I think that you bring them up from NXT, you know, but it is what it is, right? That's what I'm saying. The whole releasing people thing was probably one of the biggest, like, shitty things they could have done because it just depleted the rosters on both sides. Maybe. Kev? Well, I was going to say, I think you need the women's tag titles now more than ever Mm -hmm. just because you have Roman that doesn't show up and, you know, he's got the two main titles then you got the men's tag team titles both on the usos and you know you you only have the u.s and intercontinental and the women's titles after that yeah so i think you need them you know just to show some gold on tv yeah and realistically uh with sasha and naomi as champion like those were two fan favorites so seeing them out there against anyone would have would have popped the crowd you know what i mean so i agree whoever you put them on especially if it's babyface champions like it's it's big for for visibility's sake you know that's why i think we need to go back to doing the whole it goes on all three brands like i don't see why Mm -hmm. nxt needs their own version of tag titles just go back to Mm -hmm. it going on all three brands yeah yeah i'd be into that but then it would have been cool because then you would have had the 
had Survivor Series, you could have had the NXT Women's Champions versus the WWE Women's Champions. Oh, yeah. That'd be cool. But they never did that. They should have. They just never did. They didn't have the opportunity to. It's just they only had NXT in there one time, and that was it. Like, come on. Yeah. Um. All right. Almost there. Usos and almost against Street Profits and R-Truth. Dude, the promo segment leading into this match was so much fucking fun. Truth is gold for a reason. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And then the match itself was, like, not a bad match. Obviously, all the people in there are good at what they do. But just for me, the, the promo segment leading into it was a lot funnier than I thought it would be. As much as I like R-Truth all the time and think he's an awesome person, sometimes his stuff gets a little too silly and I'm just not laughing at all of it. This was one that like you could see the jokes before they hit and it was still funny. It was good. Uh, I was just happy he was wrestling. That's all I cared because it was like, yeah. we don't see R-Truth wrestle enough and we finally got him wrestling. That's all I cared. I was happy. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about Miz and Champa and AJ Styles against and Zeke? Uh, Miz and Champa have been getting teased as being a team more or less for like the last four months. So I was a little surprised by people online being like, "When did this happen?" And you're like, "For fucking months, they've been circling each other. Like, it's not the craziest thing. It seems like just a weird spot in the card, and I don't understand the point of it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know who was served on this." There's just nothing going on with Champa. Like, yeah, it just true. sucks. And now he's all like, now he's Mrs. Lackey, and I just, I can't stand it. I can't look at and Champa. a shitty Lackey. Yeah, I can't look at him and just see him siding with the Miz. I look at Tommaso Champa as the guy who would like, if he looked the Miz's direction, he'd rip his eyes out. Yeah, Not looks at him and goes, "Don't worry, I got your back." Yeah, he's a shitty lackey who never wins matches and suddenly is obsessed with being around the mid. I don't I don't get it. And I don't hate it necessarily, but I'm not into it at all. You know what I mean? Um I guess we just see what happens with it. Uh and then there's only two other things left really. Uh Bianca and and Carmella and then we'll end with what ended the show. But Bianca and Carmella, uh, Carmella ultimately gets the win by countout because of a distraction from Becky that Bianca was not able to uh, uh, get out because, uh, as we've been shown time and time again, Becky's the smartest. She can outwit Bianca every time. And she uh, did it Bianca again. It's so, so funny. I thought it was good, though, because there's also part of it that if they did it right, and they were pretty close on it, Bianca has champion's advantage. If she loses the count out, oh well. I get to keep my title. And if she's more concerned about Becky than she is about Carmella, then Carmella gets the win. Bianca shows that she's more serious about Becky. And Becky looks like she's outsmarted the champ. You continue a three-person rivalry there where you can go multiple directions with it for multiple more matches. I think they did a pretty good job of getting pretty close to that. I think I would have liked uh, Bianca at least taking a swing at Becky to be all like, look, I might lose this match, but I'm not going to lose my title and I'm not going to take shit from you. Uh, But I also, I got, I mean, I think Carmella is someone who's vastly underrated. I don't think she gets the flowers that she deserves. She is next level obnoxious. 
Her scream and cackle are absurdly obnoxious. <laughs> like you hear it and you can't help but be like, "Shut up!" Like, like you know what I mean? Like, uh, and she did an awesome job here too. Even Carmela as a character would know that she's not winning the title, but she would grab the title and throw it in Bianca's face because she's taunting her. Look it, I might as well be the champion. I won. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Carmella also didn't like throw a hissy fit and look confused and cry that they took the title away from her. She was mocking Bianca by holding up that title at the end, saying, "What makes you the champion? I won." You know what I mean? Like, she's obnoxious and she's an asshole. And I think that people don't give her the credit she deserves at all. So I loved this match all around. I loved the Becky Lynch interaction. I think these are three of the best women in in the business right now, doing what they do, telling stories. Yeah, this is great. Was, I don't get again. I I'm in that same boat. I don't give Carmella enough props as it is. I'm not crazy for her half the time, but she gives me those moments where I just go, "Way to go, Carmella!" All right, like this was one of them right here. She yeah. did fantastic. She's great in there. It's just again the whole Bianca looking stupid. Like she literally had was about to get back in the ring and then just goes, Well, you know what? Me, Jaw Jack, and Becky's more important right now. And I'm like, No, get in there. Like she looked kinda dumb. Carmella looked kinda dumb holding the title up. But it was like, I'm just kinda I don't know. I'm just disappointed that we're running this back again because you have so little options left to challenge Bianca, so we're just running back Becky. But we're also keeping Carmella in there when it almost felt like that was just over with. It's just, I don't know. Do you think we get a triple threat at SummerSlam? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that whole thing that happened with Carmella winning by count out and Becky just saying, hey, this should be me being back in this match. That means triple threat. I just see triple threat more than anything. Yeah. Well, and, like, <clears throat> I won't complain if there's a triple threat match, you know, between the three. I don't like how consistently they make Bianca look dumb. Yeah, that's true. Like, yes. She doesn't shit all the time where it's like, why? Like, that's stupid. You know, and I don't understand why they do that. Because they make her look dumb often. It's Almost just, yes. every feud that she's in, there's like two or three times where it's in a match and it's, you know, you're just like, you're fucking stupid, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <clears throat> and it's not like they're even playing it up that she's emotional and gets in her feelings and, and makes bad calls because of stuff like that. Like, because if they played into that kind of thing too, then you can kind of excuse it from time to time. Be like, oh, look, it, they know that if they push her buttons, she's going to lose lose her focus they play it as though she keeps her focus. You know what I mean? That she's, she is the smart one. So like, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty annoying at a certain point where it's all like either play into her being too emotional about this particular feud or, uh, stop making her look dumb. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's gotta be a way around it, you know? Um, but outside of that, I think that they're awesome. And I think that it's easy to hate Carmela. <laughs> I think that's amazing. We've talked about it before. We were in the room for the SummerSlam. That whole audience, when Becky made her return, was ready to blow the roof off for, for Becky because of the stage that Carmella set. Carmella walked out, 
and was just sucking the air out of the room like like a fucking vacuum. And everything she did was just more and more annoying to be like, are you fucking serious? And by the time we heard the man's music hit, the whole crowd had nothing in their lungs at all but to breathe it all in and blow up because Carmela does her job like no one else, you know? Uh, let's wrap it up on the end of it. We did have Riddle and Bobby against Seth Rollins and Theory. We did talk a little bit before about Seth Rollins and Theory having their moment in the back. Uh, but the big thing here was Dolph Ziggler showed up in the middle of this match, sits ringside, knocks Theory's feet off the rope while he's trying to illegally get leverage during a pin, which causes the dumbass Theory to lose the match because he can't understand what's happening anymore. He loses the match. Ziggler comes in, super kicks the head right off of Theory, and holds his fist up high. Did we just fucking get a baby-faced Dolph Ziggler? The dude's handle is literally at heel Ziggler. What is happening here? Because you don't punch or kick Theory in the face without getting cheered. And even this had the crowd, I felt, like, confused. I feel like they wanted to cheer, but they felt like they should boo, and they didn't know what was happening. And I'm at home just being like, I guess tune in next week. What the fuck just happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was so random, just mid-match, and all of a sudden, here comes Dolph Ziggler. Hey, nice seeing you, Dolph. We haven't seen you in, like, months. Like, yeah. what the hell? And why? Just shows up. <laughs> I was like, I was so confused. And then, like, when he kicks Theory, when he helped, like, screwed Theory over and then kicked him, I'm just looking at it going... I'm like, are they just trying to get Theory over or something? Like, are they trying to tell us, we should like Theory, here you go, no. we'll have him face Dolph Ziggler. And I was like, no, don't tell me that's a thing. No, Ooh. I can't I can't believe this is a, a babyface turn for Theory. He's too fucking obnoxious, naturally. It's too easy to hate him. Like a Max Dupree. He gave weird vibes like that. And I was just like, it, it, if it's not, it's weird as hell that just Dolph is here. And just wants to beat up Theory. Like, it was just weird. But it was like, it, it gave me that weird vibe that it was just, you should just really like Theory, so we'll have Dolph beat him up. And I was like, oh, I don't know, that's so weird. I don't think so. And I think I think the same way that, like, uh, uh, Max Dupree is introduced to every crowd, every time he's entered any new company, he comes in as a heel. Because you see him and you want to hate him because he looks like he's too good looking. He's in too good shape. He moves too clean. This guy hasn't struggled for a thing in his life is what you, the impression you get. Same thing with Austin Theory. These are dudes who have to like prove themselves to win over a crowd because the crowd wants to hate them from the second they show up. Uh, I don't see this as a Theory babyface turn, but I guess the next promo is really going to take us there. Do, what do you think about the idea of a Theory Dolph Ziggler it feels like some. It feels like fucking out of nowhere in the middle of all this. He theory's in a U.S. title shot. He's he's got the money in the bank. He's got Roman and Brock, and now he's got Ziggler. It's too much too soon, honestly. It's a lot of stuff, Kev. What were you gonna say? Well, my initial reaction was, yeah, I I think they're doing this to get theory over, you know. Uh, Dolph is one of the best in the company and you've seen everyone that uh, Theory has worked with you know so far so it's like all right, you know just put another guy to you know elevate him and I thought it might have been a like I said initially a hey we should feel bad for Theory type of thing because Dolph is you know just naturally they're always been a, a heel pretty much 
But then when I started thinking about it, I'm like, all right, he's either, I think Dolph is going to cause, at least the way I'm thinking, Dolph is going to cause Theory to uh, lose his U.S. rematch, and he's going to try and go after the money in the bank. I think Dolph is going to sit there and pick on him and pick on him and pick on him, basically. And Theory keeps saying, hey, I want, you know, I want, you know, revenge or whatever against you. And Dolph playing Dolph, which can still be a heel, sitting there saying, well, you have nothing to offer me in a match except for that. The only way you'll get me in the ring is with that. <clears throat> I mean, but that's, yeah. You know, that's the only thing I... It's not situation. Yeah, it's it's not often you can get two heels in a match that people are going to be behind because it's like, oh, I want both people to lose. How am I supposed to give a shit? But I think Dolph is so heavily respected that I think you could be, you could go in there with two people being assholes and you still want one of them to win, but it doesn't mean you're going to cheer him on the other side. It just means you hate the other guy worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, although, in fairness to Dolph. My one of my favorite storylines Dolph has ever been involved in was the Intercontinental storyline with him and The Miz, where Dolph was putting his career on the line, and he was an ultra babyface there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's still one of my favorite of of the one. It's my all time favorite Miz storyline ever, and it's my favorite Miz match was Miz versus Dolph, uh, on that uh, that one SmackDown. So. I'm not going to discount the guy's ability to make it work as a babyface or whatever. Obviously, the dude's been doing this longer than than fucking most for a for a reason. You know what I mean? The reason that I mean, no one's ever shocked when they see a list of names of being releases to not see Dolph on there, even though he's one of those like quote mid carters for life type. He's just so fucking good, and you can plug him into any concept ever. So I don't want to discount him at all. Um, but it does feel weird at first glance to me. Yeah, I mean, Theory and Ziggler as a match, I'm all in for that. That match is going to be That's outstanding. Good That's a mm-hmm. good point. And Theory's probably got a good chunk to learn from a guy like Dolph. Yeah. Yep. You know? Dolph's been doing it longer than uh, Theory's been alive, so far as my calculations are concerned. I think you're actually correct about those probably, calculations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I might be right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, I'm excited about the idea of Dolphin and Theory in a sense. I'm also confused uh, by it, but that's why we keep tuning in because uh, I have to. I need it. It's in my blood. Uh, anything else on any of the things that you guys thought we missed that you guys want to throw out there or talk about that uh, that I missed? No. Yeah, no. No? All right. Fuck it. Well, <laughs> Justin, thank you for coming through the dive bar of the IWC and having a drink with us and being one of our, our OG drinking buddies from back in an episode one or two, if I remember correctly. Uh, you want to tell people where to find out more about you and your rants and your raves and your uh, keeping the legacy of terrible wrestling takes alive? <laughs> I mean, you can find, I mean, now we got the show. I'm just happy we got the show. Like, it just feels so weird that bishop was one of those people to tell me encourage me go do the show and then he's gone and i'm like son of a bitch yeah (laughs) it's like terrible timing if i ever thought so like my god but again i'm I'm so happy i have the show now 
it's just I'm happy. I'm glad I got to come back on here. It feels like forever since last time I got to come on here. Impromptu visits are always great. Mm-hmm. You find, like I said, we got the In Time Wrestling Podcast. That's me and my brother. We just go on rants half the time. But we, it's just our way of dissecting wrestling. You know, if you like listening to people rant just for the hell of it, listen to our show. We Again, we, do, we don't always just rant. So... <laughs> we get praise to what needs to be praised, what we want to praise, and that's it. Like, yeah, it's just me and my brother having fun talking wrestling. That's it. It's a different style. There's a lot of guys who go online and rant and rave because of how much they adamantly hate stuff. But I feel like all of your guys' rants between you and your brother come from a place of loving it so much that you get disappointed when things aren't going the way you want it to, or when you know something could be better, or when it's just on the cusp of being great and they miss the mark. Then that's when you guys rant is because you love it so much you don't like to be disappointed, and that's the heart that that you're bringing to it, and that's the heart of the of the legacy that will be. You guys may be the ultimate legacy of, of the Terrible Wrestling Takes podcast with Bishop, was that he made sure you guys did your thing to hold that legacy alive, to to be those people with a big heart to love it enough to be upset when it could be better but also not be filled with hate and disdain for things uh, like so much of the other ones tend to do. Uh, But yeah, I agree with you. Uh, Hopefully we can hear uh, from Bishop as a guest cameo, either in the dive bar or in the end time wrestling podcast. Uh, But until then you're going to have to deal with us, your drinking buddies, the ironics at ref Marsh and at Kevlar on the rocks. Kevin, any final words? Mm. Yeah, sounds right to me. That's how he does. He's a man of no words. <laughs> man of very few words. <laughs> yep, yep. Guys, we'll be back tomorrow night. Me and Miss Amanda Jane and maybe a clump if our litter box is full uh, to break down some AEW and NXT. And boy, did NXT have a couple of really nice flubs last night that I can't wait to talk about. Uh but that's going to be for tomorrow night here in the dive bar of the IWC guys. That's last call. Cheers. Hey producer lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the eye and subscribe on Twitch or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. I would never have a drink of less than on the rocks.